For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Debbie Delight, brought to you by expandtheboxscore.com, with your hosts Ricky Valero and Chris Stoops, bringing you all the guys who should be on your fantasy radar this season and leading into your upcoming rookie draft. Welcome to another edition of the Debbie Delight, brought to you by ExpandTheBoxScore.com. I'm your host, Ricky Valera. On today's episode, we're going to dive into the 2021 draft class. We're going to talk about some guys that are on our radar. Um, we figured we'd change it up a little bit and kind of kind of talk about these guys for the Debbie circle a little bit more as they, they have a draft upcoming as well. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime here, Stoops. How are you, buddy? I'm doing wonderful. Just uh, got the game on. Uh, San Francisco is just dominating this one, but just watching the game right before halftime. So uh, having a good one. How you doing? Not too bad. This is like take 55, but it's it really is. But that's okay. <laughs> it is what it is. I will tell you what. You know, every week we. You know, obviously this is NFL related, but every week I hear, man, if the 49ers win this game, they're they're actually for real this time. You know what I mean? And it's like. <laughs> You know, look, I know the guys are like 9-1, and one, and it's like, I mean, they're they're banhandling the Packers right now. You know, Rodgers is a, oh, God, it's 20 to nothing? I didn't even realize that happened. I must have blinked. Nope. Um, okay, so, I mean, Rodgers is a second-half guy, but 20 to nothing, that's, that's a pretty hard one, especially against this tough defense. But we're not here to talk about NFL, guys. Now, Stoops, I know you're really excited about this episode. We talked a little bit about it last week, and we're going to dive into some of these 2021 prospects, and I know you're excited about it. I'm very excited. There's a couple guys in here. One in particular that that I just have. I love them all. Honestly, I'm I'm a huge fan of all these guys. But one of them in particular, I'm a I'm a very I'm a pretty big fan of. A little bit larger fan than probably some uh, most guys out there. Yeah, and that's the exciting part because I I love that you find these little random guys that nobody wants to talk about because in a couple of weeks they'll do something crazy and it's like man. Stoops knows what he's talking about. I mean, like, it, and it's not its not us doing victory laps. You know, don't get me wrong. We get it wrong on here a lot. I mean, we've talked up Jake Fromm on several episodes, and he has just done everything in his power to make us look like idiots. So, you know, we've got that in our back pocket as well. So, um, yeah, he's been doing a pretty good job of it. <laughs> exactly. Hell, I had him as what my QB won on the original rankings. How do, how do I look at that one? Not it, good. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Like, as bad as he's playing, like, he really needs to – like, he really needs these next couple games. Like, he needs to beat, you know, he needs to not just beat Georgia Tech like they're going to. But, like, they, he needs to throw three or four touchdowns. And then he needs yep. to go in the SEC title game. He doesn't necessarily have to beat LSU. But he's got to show something in these next couple weeks, including the bowl game. Or Fromm is just going to pummel down these draft draft boards, man. He just looks rough and terrible out there. Yeah, I think, like you said, this Georgia Tech game, that's going to be a huge, huge game for them just from a a performance standpoint because um, it's a team they should beat, you know what I mean? And he should he should do very well against them. But what he does against LSU I think is going to speak bigger volume. So if he goes out against LSU and does a, you know, 12 for 29, 102 yards and, 
zero touchdowns with three picks like that you, that's awful it, you talk about draft stock going down like that's that's gonna hurt big time but if he goes out there you know has just say 80 percent completion rate for even if it's only 190 yards because he's not they don't pass the ball that much but if he gets 190 yards and three touchdowns no picks that looks a lot better um is it going to boost the draft stock not necessarily but it might a little bit it's definitely not going to drop it so He's got to go out, especially against LSU, and just show what he is truly capable of doing. Um, otherwise, yeah, I mean, it's it's already looking pretty rough if he goes out there against, especially these games, and does look pretty rough. Both of them, it's he is not helping his case one bit. So I just I just kind of looked at it real quick, and I know we're kind of going on a from tangent here, but I just looked at their their defense this year, you know, just you know, just to see what they've given up. So. Obviously, also in that mind frame, it's going to be like, they're going to have to throw the ball probably 40, 45 times, maybe 50 times against LSU to win that game. So the most points that Georgia has given up all year was the South South Carolina game. They gave up 20 points in that game. They've only given up more than uh, 20. That's the only time all year they've given up 20 points. So he hasn't really had to, you know... There hasn't been a shootout, you know what I mean? Like there hasn't been a shootout, and that actually, and that it's crazy. In that South Carolina game, he threw the ball fifty-one times and threw three picks. So if it's anything like that again, then he's he's going to keep on dropping down, and that is a kind of a perfect segue for us. I mean, we've got the big one this weekend, man. Ohio State, Michigan. That's that's a that's a big game. Alabama, Auburn is kind of seen in a different light. Obviously, you know, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Minnesota, Wisconsin. We jo- we were just talking about that one off the air. That is a big, big time game um, for not just I think more so for Minnesota than is Wisconsin. But man, that's a big game for Minnesota. Yeah, and they they've kind of came out of nowhere this season. Um, man, they're fun to watch. If you haven't watched one of their games, they're a very fun team to watch. I watched the Penn State game a couple weeks ago. They were. They were on. They were hitting on all cylinders, and it was a lot of fun to watch. But, yeah, it's a big game for them. Um, if they win that game, then they're going to be in the Big Ten Championship uh, to go up against Ohio State, and that'll be that'll be an awesome game to watch. Um, hopefully, I'm, I'm pulling for Minnesota. I've kind of became a, a, a fan in the sense of I enjoy watching them, not a fan in the sense of they're my team now. Um, but, yeah, when they're on the TV, you know, especially on my channel, because, again, they're not, not a local team for me, but when they're on – I watch him any chance I can, and that's that's going to be a, like you said, that's a big game for him, big big game. I think, and, and for sure, and if they continue with the path they're going on, Tanner Morgan should definitely be on the radar to talk about obviously next year as well. I mean, he's had a fantastic year, completing six, almost sixty eight percent of passes, twenty six touchdowns, and only uh, five picks. So it, it's it's been a very good year for him, and and somebody to keep an eye on for next year as well. Um, Stoops, what's your what's what's the big game you're looking forward to the most outside this Minnesota Wisconsin game coming up this weekend? So this might be a shocker to you, um, and I already have a strong feeling of how the outcome's going to go, but um, I'm looking forward to the A&M-LSU game. Um, just based on how it went last year, I do not think that will happen again. I also didn't think it would happen. Um, but this is a different LSU team, um, much, much different. And again, I've been an A&M fan my whole life, so I have lower expectations, I guess you could say. I go into it with the assumption of it's going to be a mediocre game. And if it's a great game, then I'm just that much more excited. But there's just something about these two teams when they play each other that you get that, what was it, 74-72 type game. They just, it's that it's it's that rivalry um, that has been building over the years. It's not necessarily a long-term, you know, you know, not a UT Texas A&M type rivalry. It's not there. 
but it's still something going on. Um, and I think LSU is going to come out with a lot to prove. One, because they're undefeated, obviously. They want to prove they're the best team in the country. And the way the game went last year, they just want to prove a lot. And I I think LSU is – I think they're just going to come out and blow the doors off of A&M, honestly. Um, and that's coming from an A&M fan. I, I just think LSU's got so much to prove. Burrow's been playing on a whole different level. That whole team has. Um but I'm excited to watch the game again. I think it's going to be a fun one to watch, but um, not from the fan standpoint, more so from the Debbie aspect of things um, and just watching these guys out there. So that's kind of that game I'm going to be watching um, more so than just a, a fan standpoint, definitely from a Debbie standpoint. Yeah, I mean, this team, uh, this LSU team is going to be interesting. I mean, they've got two 1,000-yard receivers, double-digit touchdowns. They've got, you know, they got the thousand yard back. They got the 15 touchdowns out of uh, Clyde as well. And of course, you got Joe Burrow approaching numbers that, you know, have been very few and far between of seeing on in, in the college football rankings. And I'm not just saying that, obviously, as the Joe Burrow captain of the president of the fan club or anything like that, but what he's done is, is nothing short of amazing. I mean, he's almost 80% completion percentage, 41 touchdowns. I, I can't wait to see him. Uh, I can't wait to see him play Georgia. Um, to be honest with you, I think they got a really good defense, but I, I, I'm ready to see them play Ohio State. I'm ready to see what he does with uh, Chase Young in his back pocket the entire game. You know what I mean? That kid's unbelievable. I mean, you're talking about if they if they somehow manage to face each other, which, to be honest with you, as the cards chips and they fall right now, they'd have to face each other in the championship. I mean, unless somehow Ohio State loses or LSU loses and, and Ohio State goes above LSU whatever that may be, but I, I really think the only way they're going to play each other is in the championship. So you're probably looking at probably the number one and number two pick of the draft next year going head-to-head. It'll be interesting to see what uh, Chase Young does, but the man, that guy is a beast, period. It, it He's, he, I just, I, I've i been watching Ohio State early on, um, you know, since the early end of the season, and it just watch. I watched the first time I truly was able to watch him um, was I believe against Cincinnati, and he just. It, I don't even know how to explain it. He he just dominated. Like they put two guys on him, and he was just blowing through them. So when you single cover Chase Young, you you lose. You're gonna lose that matchup ninety nine percent of the time. It's and it's he may not even necessarily sack the quarterback. He may not do anything like that. But he is going to get there to disrupt the quarterback in one way or the other. And unless you are that elite quarterback prospect, any type of of you know um, pressure like that is going to force you into a bad throw. Um, so yes, I would completely agree. I would love to see LSU Ohio State go up against each other more so for that Chase Young Joe Burrow duel. Just watching that matchup. I think would be a blast, um, man. This is the, the college football season. This this is the fun time. We're getting into the you know, not necessarily the winner or go home just yet per se, but yeah, we're getting to the conference championships and then into the bowl games and in the playoffs. That's when it's just amazingly fun. Um, it's there's a lot that still needs to play out, but man. I would love to see that matchup. I would absolutely love to see LSU and Ohio State go up against each other. And yeah, it would have to definitely the way it looks now in that in the national championship game. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Obviously, on on so many different levels, I think we're going to get eye. I, I, everybody has seen Joe Burrow play by now. Obviously, with that big Alabama game, but seeing him play with another level of talent, uh, Pat, you know, checking every those checking every one of those boxes off to end the year is going to be interesting. But now, folks, we're going to transition. 
We're going to talk about another couple guys that we like to talk about. So let's go ahead and dive right into the 2021 um, prospects we're going to talk about. All right, folks, we're going to dive into those 2021 guys that Stoops, were talk Stoops and I were talking about. And the first guy we're going to talk about is Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. I love this kid a whole lot. I talked about him on previous episodes, um, but I also talked about how his stock was going down a little bit because he started the season very, very rough. Um, he had eight touchdowns and five picks in the first five games of the season which was not a pretty sight because there were several times Stoops and I text back and forth and I'm like, what is Lawrence thinking? Now he's gone on a nice little tear since then. Um, game seven through 12, he's got 19 touchdowns and three picks. He's got six straight games, uh, three touchdowns. He's also got four straight games without an interception. Um, he's got about a 73% completion ratio in those games, which is about 10 points higher than he was at the beginning of the season. I will say this, Stoops, another thing that I really like that he's done, he's become very active in the red zone rushing the ball. He is dynamite in the red zone this year. 23 of 32, 71% completion percentage, 170 yards, 13 touchdowns. And not only that, he's got 20 rushes in the red zone, and he's converted seven of them for touchdowns. That blows my mind. He's got 20 red zone touchdowns this year, which this year alone he's got you know seven or six more touchdowns than he did last year rushing uh, on the ground. And you're gonna love a quarterback on the next level that's able to do on you know do that. So obviously his schedule really hasn't gotten any harder. I mean his last four games against Wake Forest, North Carolina State, Wolford, and Boston College, but. We've talked about this several times on the show about how we want him to be good whenever he needs to be good. He needs to be good in every single game, okay? So for me personally, it's like when he plays a Charlotte, you know, he was 7 of 9, 94 yards, 2 touchdowns. But like when he played Georgia Tech at the beginning of the year, Georgia Tech's not a good football team. He had one touchdown, two interceptions. This team should have lost to North Carolina. They should have probably lost a couple other games this year that they did not. They got lucky. And to be honest with you, I don't know how strong he's going to be in the playoffs, but I think it's going to be telling on what we do talking about him going into the 2021 season. Because right now, obviously, he's probably quarterback one or two. But is he going to be a top five pick in the draft? And I think he needs to kind of step it up in the playoff. And yeah, they play the schedule they have. So that's obviously another thing. But for me personally, the interception is very, very, uh, very concerning. Um, he's kind of been a little erratic with some of his passes as well. Um, the plus side of this, obviously, is the fact that he, you know, he can approve these things. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily something that's not fixable and, and he's not and not coachable. So obviously it's like, hey, Trevor, we need you to start making better decisions with the ball sometimes. You know, that's the sort of stuff that you have to coach him on instead of his, you know, his mechanics are pretty good. I think he's pretty solid in the pocket. Um, he does have a habit. He is very burrow-ish sometimes when he considers holding on to the ball a little too long. But at the same time, I think he's he's gotten a little bit better as the year progresses um, with taking off with the ball as we've seen his rushing yards kind of go up um, over the course of the last couple of weeks, which I kind of like seeing him do that. Um, he's very impressive in the pocket. He can make the, he can make big time throws. He's got a nice arm. I mean, he's six six two. He's got the perfect frame for a quarterback. Um, he just oozes talent and and stoops. I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I I love seeing what we've seen out of him recently. Um, it's hard to knock some of his things, 
But don't do you agree with me before you kind of dive into your thoughts about Lawrence a little bit? Do you agree with me the next couple weeks, the South Carolina game, the ACC title game, but what he does in the playoffs is kind of really going to define how we talk about um, Trevor Lawrence in 2021? Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, he's definitely definitely got some. I don't even want to say things to prove because, especially from what we saw last year and into the playoffs last season. He proved a lot of what he is capable of doing. But, yeah, to, to your point, these next couple games, um, and, again, you know, assuming they make it into that playoff system, um, seeing what he can do, it's definitely going to definitely gonna speak volumes for what um, what we think of him, you know, super long-term and what we can think on the next level for sure. I agree. So what, what, do you, what are your thoughts on Lawrence and his game this year? Yeah, it's it's kind of along the same lines as um, as like as what you had said. He started off the season pretty rough, to be completely honest, compared to what we were really expecting. And like you said, that Syracuse game, the 395 passing yards that he had, it didn't feel as if he had that many passing yards. Um, I know probably what two at least two of those touchdowns were long touchdowns, um, obviously which boosts the stats as far as that goes. But yeah. Having the two interceptions in that game and having the five throughout the first couple games, like you had mentioned, um, that's just pretty rough. But he has definitely kicked it in um, to a different gear later into the season. Um, I mean, you look at, starting at the Louisville game, for example, 233 passing yards, 275 next, 218, 276, 272, throwing multiple three-plus touchdowns all of those games. Um, on top of his rushing stats, that's one thing you had mentioned, and that's just huge. What he, he, what he's really, really improved on this season. He already has more rushing attempts this season than what he did all of last season, and we still have a couple games left in the in the year for him. Um, rushing yards, he's um, not quite doubled it, but he presumably will double it. You know, by by season's end. Um, and then his rushing touchdowns. I mean, it's he, he's taking care of it in every aspect of the game. He's getting those touchdowns when needed. Um, I love that he has worked on and improved upon the rushing game. Um, it's definitely something they said he, he wanted to get better on going into the season. And he's definitely done that. So I think that's huge. And you can look at the next levels. A lot of these quarterbacks um, – being mobile is huge for them. You know, if they essentially get stuck in the court in the pocket and, and can't escape to even gain two, three, four yards, they don't need to gain 35 yards down the field. It's great if they can, but if they have that ability to get out of the pocket and gain again, four or five yards, you'll take that. Um, as long as, again, as long as they uh, learn how to slide and get down and avoid the, the big hits, which obviously with the way the league's going, they're, they're reducing those um, week after week. But nonetheless, um, love what I've seen, you know, as far as his improvement towards the end of this season. Um, and we, everyone's going to have their downfalls. You know, every single player is going to have those things that we, we nitpick at. Um, Trevor Lawrence is a stud, you know, no matter which way you want to put it. Um, like you said, that Charlotte game, only 94 yards, two touchdowns, but it's Charlotte. Well, he doesn't need to play, and that's no disrespect to Charlotte's program, um, but he doesn't need to play um, a full game against them. And it's just, you know, and it, you got to think these big-time programs go into games like that with a different mindset and a different game plan than what they would against a – Alabama, an LSU, an Ohio State, a Wisconsin, a Minnesota, programs like that, 
it's a Charlotte. So they're going to say, hey, we're not going to go with our typical game plan. Let's let's go this route instead. And they might try different things. Um, so you got to look at it that way as well. But overall, man, um, love what I've seen from him this season. And again, he's definitely still one of the top quarterbacks, if not the top quarterback in that 2021 class. Um, everyone knows his name. Everyone's seen him. Everyone's, you know, loved what they, they've seen from him. Um, but yeah, these next couple weeks um, going into the final week and then the the ACC championship and into the potentially playoffs. It's going to be definitely fun to watch and interesting to see if he can basically do what he did last season um, against what was it Notre Dame and Alabama in the the playoffs and just just the dominant performance that he got. If he can continue that this year and do it again, I agree hundred percent. So we're going to transition to our next guy. Who you got for us, Stoops? Yeah. So the next guy, uh, Max Borgie, running back out of Washington State. He is a fun, fun guy to watch. Um, a lot of people obviously have compared him to Christian McCaffrey, um, simply for one reason, I have to assume. Um, he is a smaller white running back, um, but that to me isn't necessarily a, a fair comparison. It's a an obvious one that I can see why. Um, but when you watch him play, um, he catches the ball very, very well, um, which McCaffrey does, obviously. I think McCaffrey is a much better runner um, as a running back. I think Borgie does have some room to improve there. But the fact that he can catch the ball so well um, just speaks volumes for what he can do. I think um, I think he's almost a mix of like a Kamara and a McCaffrey. Um, I think he's kind of somewhere in between that. He's not necessarily to their level by any means. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Um, but as far as playing style, if you kind of mesh those two together, that's kind of what I see there. Um, love what he's done on the season. And yeah, he, he's, he's used in the rushing game. Um, but that pass game is where he is used a lot. He's got 69 receptions, seeming yards, four touchdowns. Um, but the rushing, he's got 10 rushing touchdowns on the season. So he's got some big games throughout the year as well. Against New Mexico State, he had 128 rushing yards, and he actually only had 11 receiving yards in that one. Um, but moving on down the line, UCLA, 123 uh, rushing yards, 80 receiving yards in that one. Um, just some big, big games. Um, again, Colorado, 105 rushing yards, Stanford, 111 rushing yards. But, man, he is just dominant um, on the field when he gets the ball. And I actually watched some YouTube clips on him, and he's he's a quick he's a quick runner. He's quick out on the field. But it almost seems like he's very um, – I can't think of the right word necessarily. Um, but he's very patient with his runs. He doesn't just run into a hole and hope it works. He, he is very patient with it and finds the right holes. And he's got good burst to him. Um, but, man, he, he's just a little bowling ball kind of thing. I mean, 5'10", 197. So not a, not amazing height necessarily. But for a running back, you obviously – you're no Derrick Henry. Um, that dude's a monster out there. He's just a beast. But nonetheless, 5'10 is about, you know, average of what you see out there. But 197, got some good weight behind him. So love seeing that. Um, and he was only a three-star prospect coming out of high school. So nothing that was, you know, highly touted <clears> – <throat> excuse me, highly touted coming out of high school. But, um, again, what he's done up in Washington State – and, again – the scheme of that offense just fits his playing style. And that's always key. We say that even on the next level. Um, we can love a prospect, but if they get a terrible landing spot, then it's all for naught pretty much. So um, a running back like this where you can catch out of the backfield, you're going to fit into probably 90% of an offensive scheme. Um, you'll find a way onto the field. So definitely someone um, to keep an eye on. And I know a lot of people who are in, you know, deeper, um, deeper into the Debbie aspect of things have talked about him. But man, those, the ones that, um, 
you know, <clears throat> they only draft kind of the current year's guy, current guys coming out um, for 2021. This is a guy you definitely want to keep an eye on for sure. Man, I I text you I text you the other day, and I said, man, I am excited to talk about this guy. Like, I mean, he is. Man, he's just like last game, uh, Oregon State. He had ten carries, but he had nine catches. You know what I mean? Obviously, he plays with one of my favorite quarterbacks in all of college football, and that's Anthony Gordon. I think that's some guy that we're gonna have to remember his name because he's gonna get drafted somewhere. I think he's gonna be something on the next level. Obviously, he he is obviously hampered by that offense. You know what I mean? He's not gonna run the ball uh, twenty times a game. He's got five games all year where he's had ten plus carries. But at the same time, this guy has got 111 touches this year, and he's got 6.7 yards a carry. So that right there is a plus. I mean, if you if you mix it all together, he's averaging almost seven yards a touch every time he touches the ball. He's got 69 catches this year, man. 69. I mean, he's got five straight games with eight plus catches, and he's got six of his last seven with eight plus catches. That's very, I mean, obviously it's very Christian McCaffrey, like, and and, right. and and more so in the his style and stuff like that. He's a little guy, um, but it's like, but at the same time, like, he's not as good as McCaffrey. McCaffrey's very good on the ground. Like the games against, let's just say you throw out the game against like Arizona State. He struggled against Arizona State. Don't get me wrong, he got the touchdown, but he had three point four yards a carry. A carry. The Arizona State game was a big game. Um, the, or uh, the California game, eight carries, nineteen yards. I feel like he can be shut down on the ground relatively easy. I don't think this guy is going to be a three down back on the next level, but at the same time, he has that pass catching ability that is, um, I would say, like a James White type. Um, I think you can kind of line him up all over the field a little bit, and I've seen that happen with him. Um, White's not the best running back. He can make plays when you need him to. Um, Borky uh, does the same exact thing. Um, he, he does a very good job of converting his touches into first downs, you know, 46 on the year. And, like, his red zone stats are pretty solid as well. I mean, he's got the t- – you know, he's got 10 red zone touchdowns. I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable what he's able to do with the ball. Um, I, you know, right now, I think that we could see improvements in his game. I think he could probably become a little bit of a better of a pass blocker. But at the same time, I think he's good enough because he's on the football field. Um, he's one guy that I'm really excited to keep an eye on for next year. Um, obviously, that's why we're talking about him. But, I mean, he's got 107 catches in uh, 22 games. And I think that that was minus... Uh, the last game as well. But um, for me personally, I, I like the kid a lot, man. I like a good pass catching running back. Um, he fits the prototype. And I, I, as I thought about it, man, I, to be honest with you, Stoops, that like that James White comparison, that's kind of right where I think he kind of kind of fits. And that kind of fits the NFL style right now. You know, and I completely agree. And I, he, I was one name that definitely didn't pop to my mind. But when you said, it was one of those like you know what you're right like that is what he he reminds me of whenever you mentioned it so I definitely like that comparison and like you said that's kind of the direction the NFL is going um, especially when they have their I don't want to call him a workhorse back but they have their ground and pound kind of guy you know and then they 
they go on to that next, you know, pass catching ability um, who can still run the ball, um, sure. but may not be their strong suit, you know? So it's one of those where that's actually a pretty good comparison. I actually like that one a lot. Yeah. I mean, this, we're talking about a guy, I mean, he, he's, he's broken off, you know, uh, you know, 21, 14 plus yard uh, touches this year. You know, that, that's impressive in its own. And, and it's somebody that can get the ball done. You know, James Watts, another guy, he could break off a good run here or there. He's just going to, I think he'd be like a perfect complimentary back. Maybe he changes that, you know, changes that up a little bit next year with Anthony Gordon going to leave. Um, could it open it up a little bit more for him to, to run the ball a little bit? Probably not because Mike Leach is going to throw the ball 900 times a game. Exactly. Which yep. it's fine, but I mean, his pass catching ability is going to get him noticed. So, um, you know, even at the end of the day, he's getting 20, 25 touches a game somehow, some way that's going to appease you on fantasy no matter what. So I like him a lot. I think that um, you, that well, that James White comparison kind of flipped on me right whenever um, I thought about it. But um, another guy I know you're excited to talk about, and I'll let you kick us off here, is uh, Pookie Williams Jr. out of Kansas. What do you got for us, Stoops? This is, I love, love, <laughs> love this guy. Um, he was one that I talked about whenever we did our um, sure. early, early, early on episodes in the Big 12 um, players mm-hmm. to watch. Um, loved him, man. He, he absolutely dominated his freshman year. Um, had over basically had over 1100 rushing yards, seven touchdowns, um, 33 receptions for 82.5% catch rate, um, 289 yards and two receiving touchdowns last year for 46 first downs. Um, he did fumble the ball four times last year. So that was a bit concerning, but overall, when you look at the, the stats and the numbers that he had, um, 7.0 yards per carry his freshman season, that's to me just a phenomenal phenomenal stat to have as a, a true freshman um and then watching him this year he did get suspended for the first game of the season so he wasn't there for that um but nonetheless when he came back in man he he's just kind of picked up exactly where he left off um numbers are a little bit down um but i think that's a bigger bigger piece to the new offensive scheme a new head coach obviously so different play calling different different things coming in that way but he is still used in the passing game um not nearly as much as uh, old max borgie over there but nonetheless <laughs> Um, 24 receptions, 92.3 catch rate. That's that's huge. He's essentially catching everything thrown his way. Again, receiving yards are down a little bit, 187, but still got the two touchdowns. Um, had 945 rushing yards on the season, down in the rushing touchdowns, only three. But again, different different play calls um, call for different different aspects there. But when you look at the breakdown of his games. He's had some phenomenal, phenomenal games. Um, you look at when he played Boston College, 22 rushing attempts, 120, 121 rushing yards, one rushing touchdown. He had um, against Oklahoma, which was a big one. Even I had said it. I said, don't be shocked if he comes out and has a dominant performance. 23 rushing attempts, 137 rushing yards, five receptions for 20 yards. Um, when you go against a top program like that, that's phenomenal. Comes out the next week against Texas, 25 rushing attempts, 190 rushing yards, um, four receptions, 25 yards. So he's just been doing it. And against Ohio State, 19 rushing yard. Uh, I'm sorry, 19 rushing attempts, 154, um, 154 rushing yards, two receptions for 52 yards and a touchdown. So he's just been doing it all year. Um, just he he plays much bigger than his size, in my opinion. He is 5'10", only 170. So I'd love to see him gain a little bit more weight. Um, but nonetheless, when you watch his film. To me, he plays much larger than a 170. He's very physical. He's very strong. Um, I sent out a tweet um, uh, yesterday, day before. I don't remember. Um, and I believe it was the Texas game. 
broke one to the outside, switched. He had it in his right hand, switches the ball to the left hand, and just throws the runner. Now, the momentum did essentially kind of take the, the defender to the sideline as well, but he still just stiff-armed him and threw him to the side. So, to me, he plays much larger than what his size is. This is a guy that I think is going to really start to open some eyes um, once he he gets. Obviously, he's got two. He'll have two full seasons under his belt. So come into his junior season next year, I think he's one that's going to be talked about a lot. And I think that Kansas program is really starting to turn around as a whole. Are they going to be one of those top notch programs? No, not necessarily. They're not quite there yet. Um, but they've actually got a very good recruiting class coming in this next season. I don't have those exact numbers pulled down. Um, but it's definitely, I think it was number three or four ranked in the Big 12, um, which is pretty phenomenal for the recruiting class that they had um, in previous seasons. Les Miles is really starting to pull in some big guys there. So um, definitely love what I see from the program. But, man, Puka Williams, he's a guy that I just I just love. And like I said on previous, the name alone, the name alone <laughs> should, should should warrant, you know, um, people just raving about him. But it, it's I'm serious. If you haven't watched any of his 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 film, his game film, more so than his highlights. You got to watch more than the highlights because, yes, the highlights are great. But what he does just aside from um, that, just just on the field, um, pass blocking. Just, I, I just love this guy so, so much. He's one of my favorites, if not favorite. Not necessarily saying he's my RB1. That's not what I'm saying. But just watching him play. He, I love him. So I just love watching him. I could watch every Kansas game just just waiting for him to get the ball. Yeah. So Puka, we talked about you talked about him a little, a little early in the season, and and I knew as soon as we talked about twenty twenty one guys, this was going to be one of the guys that's on the radar. But um, he's one guy I like, man. He, you're right, man. He's a really good tackler. I mean, a good tackler. He's a really really good breaking the tackles. I do agree with you. I'd like to see him put on a little bit of weight. And you're right, he doesn't catch as many passes as somebody like me, which is one big thing that I do. But 24 catches on the season is still pretty solid. I mean, you know, he's going to probably end up with probably about 30 or so for the season. This guy's good, man. He's really fun to watch. He's different. He's, uh, you know, he's got 16, the 16 carries, uh, 16 touches over 14 plus yards. It's really nice to look at. Um, he's got the stats that you want to see. Um, year over year, it's been very impressive. Um, you know, last year he had a really good year too, man. He he torched torched Oklahoma last year, man. Mm-hmm. Fifteen carries, two fifty two, two touchdowns. That game stood out to me more than anything. And the crazy thing about that game, we we actually talked about that on the. Uh, I remember this now because it triggered it because we talked about that passing touchdown that he had under his stats too because the the season hadn't even really kicked off yet. I think when we talked about Puka, so. Um, Pookie, man, he, the big thing. Let me. I, I, uh, I might have missed it, but the big thing for me that 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 really triggers is, to, is seeing his touches year over year. Okay, so we're looking at one sixty one last year, maybe what one ninety four total. We're looking at a you know a little over two hundred. So we've got zero fumbles this year. Okay, yep. um, that to me is a big key. Um, a lot more touches this year and no fumbles. Yeah, three in the year. Look, three's not a lot of fumbles. You know, it's it's not, but it's something it's something worth watching. You know what I mean? It's something that Stoops and I talk about. Like, you want a guy that's gonna hold on to that ball, and you're gonna want a guy that is going to, you know, not lose the ball. We I seen several plays today where guys were going to the ground and they were punching the ball out at the last second. Like it was like, man, wow, like. 
These guys are getting more and more aggressive with, with the poking out of the ball. I mean, I saw several instances where I thought somebody was throwing a punch at somebody, and all actually they're just trying to punch the ball out of the guy's hands, and he's done it. Like It's, it's happened several times. So for a guy to improve, not only improve, but he's probably, I think, like 30 or so touches above what he did last year, and he doesn't have the, the fumbles that he did last year. So that's a, that's a huge, huge plus for me. Um, he did disappear in the Oklahoma game. That's it was a little concerning. Um, obviously, it is Oklahoma. They are a very good team, but I really don't have a lot of complaints. Um, he's a guy that I really, really am looking forward to seeing uh, to next year. That offense is really fed through him, and I, I'm excited to uh, see what next year has in store for him. And uh, I can't wait to talk more about it because it's going to be puka 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 next year. You know what I mean? There's going to be a lot of puka talk on the uh, Debbie Delight. So. Yeah, I'm excited. About you it. thought you thought you heard a lot of Joe Burrow this year. Just wait, just wait till next year. You're gonna hear Puka a lot. Exactly, it'll be a Trevor Puka show. So, <laughs> all right, folks. The next guy we're gonna talk about is Justin Ross out of Clemson, six four two zero five. I'm a big Justin Ross fan. I think that this guy has massive amounts of talent. Um, right off the top, I will say, um, I hope Justin Ross puts on a. I don't know, 10 pounds or so. And folks, let's let's just be a little reminder. I, I, I know it it's kind of sounds awful sometimes when I come out of my mouth. I'm like, man, he should put on some weight. The reason we say that is because these guys, you know, wide receivers, they need to be able to take hits in traffic, period. That's, that's really the end of it. And if they put, you know, injuries can become a problem. Obviously, Justin Ross is dealing with a rib injury as we, you know, as we're talking right now. Um, it's, it's Right now, his status for the game is, uh, you know, questionable for the uh, South Carolina game. So when we say put on a few pounds, that's what we're talking about if you're listening to the show and you're questioning why we talk about why guys should gain weight. Um, On the flip side of that, this guy is coming off a monster year last year. 46 catches, 1,000 yards, 9 touchdowns. He was a monster, monster in those playoff games for Trevor Lawrence with you know 12 catches, 301 yards, and 3 touchdowns. Ross is a beast. Going into this year's stats a little bit, he's got 10 catches of over 21 yards. He's got touchdowns of 25, uh, 33, 34, and 30 um, this year, which is also phenomenal. I mean, and of course, if you want to go a little bit further, 15 of his 43 grabs this year have come from 14 or more yards. Um, he's a he's a threat on first down. Um, he is very heavily target on first down and 10 from Trevor Lawrence. He's got 68 targets on the year. 30 of them have come on first down and 10, 19 catches, 10 of those being converted into first downs. Um, in the red zone, he is, he's not, I, I think there's a big thing about um, Clemson as a collective whole. They're not in the red zone a whole, whole lot. You know what I mean? They are, but they're not, if that makes any sense. They're a big-time touchdown from a distance team. Um, ETN has probably like 900 of them this year, just in the last three weeks, I think it was. But this this team gets a lot of 30, 40, 50-yard touchdowns, which factors into some of them not you know, being in the red zone a whole lot. But he does have eight targets, five catches, 30 yards, and uh, two touchdowns in the red zone himself. So J- Justin Ross is going to be a force to reckon with for years to come in the NFL as well. I think he's probably one of the best receivers coming up out of this class. Um, he's got wonderful hands. Um, 
he kind of has has had an up and down year. He really hasn't had that, you know, Justin Ross game that I, I guess we kind of expect out of him. He hasn't had over 100 yards this year. He's actually had only like his closest was 94. Every game, every other game has been like under 75 yards. He, last week against uh, Wake Forest, he's three catches, 18 yards. Georgia Tech, three catches, 13 yards. I mean, there's games are hit and miss, but let's not forget that it's less to do with him, and there's more to do with so many weapons on this roster. I mean, uh, starting with Lawrence. Lawrence, you know, Lawrence's upgrade this year of his seven red zone touchdowns is also plays a difference on some of these guys' stats within this team of touchdowns as well. And then, of course, you have to factor in the fact that T. Higgins is going to be out the door. Um, that's going to play a factor. That's 55 targets this year, which if you think about that, Justin Ross actually has more targets by 13 than T. Higgins does this year. So that's pretty impressive already. But that's going to free 55 um, targets next year. Obviously, yes, T. Higgins is a junior. I sincerely doubt that guy is going to come back. But if he does, then of course, this is a different conversation. But I'm going on the basis of T. Higgins is out the door. Um yeah, I, I like Justin Ross a whole lot, Stoops. I think that he's going to be a guy that we're going to talk a lot about next year and diving into his stats, like I said. But I, you know, I looked at it, and the hundred yard thing is kind of a little bit questionable as well. Like he only had one three hundred, a one one hundred yard game going into the playoffs last year, and then he had two big monster games against Notre Dame and Alabama. So he is somewhat of a home run hitter but at the same time i think that he's going to be very reliable on the next level no and i completely agree with you um everything you were saying so i was looking at the yardage he had basically the the two games georgia tech he only had 13 yards wake forest he only had 18 but other than that um basically in those other eight games he's averaging um basically 63.3 yards a game so to me and i actually asked myself this question when you from a fantasy aspect would you rather have a guy that goes 140 yards and then for three straight weeks goes for 12, 18 and 20 kind of thing, you know, throw as many receptions in there. Obviously if it's a high number of receptions that helps PPR leagues, but nonetheless, or would you rather have a guy that's averaging anywhere between 60 to 75 yards a game? You know what I mean? To me, I like consistency. So um, when you see that from Justin Ross, yeah, at the college level, you'd love to see those 135, 175-yard games, 102-yard games. You'd love seeing that. But the fact that he has been so consistent with his yardage, um, albeit those two games, um, but even then he had three receptions in those games. So he just got tackled you know, fairly quickly on those short passes. But nonetheless, overall, um, I've absolutely loved what I've seen. And I, just like you, I love Justin Ross. Um, he's clearly – um, as far as a target share goes, Justin Ross is Trevor Lawrence's favorite target. Um, he throws him the ball um, essentially more than he does to anybody else. T. Higgins is the leader um, on the team yardage and touchdowns, but um, Justin Ross is by far the favorite target. Um, number two on the team in dominator rating, 18.3%, so that's phenomenal there. Um, but looking at the numbers as a whole from from, from explosive play standpoint, um, 26 play or 26 touches went, went for eight yards or more. Um, six of the the touches were were touchdowns. When you look at 21 yards or more, he's had 10 touches that went 21 yards or more, and four of those um, were touchdowns. So, like you said, Clemson's just a big play um, team. They get a lot of big plays, you know, that go for touchdowns. A lot of big plays that just go for for a huge chunk of yards. 
So it's just the style of play that they have. But looking at what he did last year, like you said, in that playoffs, um, man, they, they that Clemson team as a whole, they were already a phenomenal team. They literally stepped it up to a different level. And, and to go back to what we even said about Trevor Lawrence, we very well could see that this year as well to where um, I've said it. Their, their schedule to me is a very weak schedule. Okay, cool. They played number 12 A&M at the beginning of the season. As we've seen, that is not a 12th ranked team. Um, and again, coming from an A&M fan. So nonetheless, they've done what they need to do. I understand that. So, um, But going into the playoffs, assuming that's how everything falls out. They very well could do what they did last year and just throw up those dominant performances, man. Um, and, and he looked phenomenal. That's where I really, really um, found out who Justin Ross was. Because I'll be the first to tell you, I didn't watch a whole lot of Clemson games last season. Um, this season's a little bit different. But but what he did last year in that playoffs was was unreal. True freshman putting up numbers like he, what he did. Um just speaks volumes for what he is capable of doing and the potential that he has to be a truly elite receiver. So I, I can't wait to see what him and Trevor Lawrence do next year. Um, and, and like you said, T Higgins, I don't see him coming back. So you clear up all of those targets, all of those, that, those yardages, those, those touchdowns, you clear all that up, man, Justin Ross is the guy. And you know, as well as I do, they've got other guys in line. They've got recruits coming in. There's going to be guys, you know, to take up some of those, but Justin Ross is going to be the guy next year. And it's, that's, it's going to be fun to watch what they do next season. So if they can put a full season together of just dominant performances, that's just, that's scary, man. That is scary. It really is. And then the factor that is, is like, you know, going against Notre Dame, Notre Dame was very highly touted for how good their defense was last year. And then of course you're facing Alabama who Alabama's got five star defensive players, literally all over the football field. So for him to go out there and kind of torch them the way he did and not just do that. He was a fresh, you know what I mean? He was a freshman out there balling. So, you know, it, it, it really tells to his ability um, at the position, and he's got the he's got the height and he's got the length in order to be good on that next level on Sundays, which I really like. And the big thing about this is, is you're right. Like I've said this all year about Clemson. I feel like they just played around all year against these nobodies, and I think they're going to show out in this playoffs. Like I really am sold on Clemson at least winning one of their playoff games. I, I really feel like, and obviously. The way it looks, the way it's going to fall out, it's going to be against Ohio State. They're going to have to play Ohio State. And that, folks, is going to be a great game because the big thing it's going to be is going to be Young versus Lawrence. Can Young get the Lawrence? And what will Lawrence do with Young chasing after him? Can you imagine a, a playoff system where Chase Young takes out, and this is just me assuming Ohio State wins out. Let's just assume that. Where he takes out, albeit a Clemson team as a whole, but dominant performance against a Trevor Lawrence and a Joe Burrow. Like, then I'm not trying to go to a Chase Young debate or anything like that, but that would be amazing. You know what I mean? To see a a defensive player do that, but to go against two elite um, prospects of those caliber at quarterback, that would be fun to watch. But yeah, they got to go through Ohio State, um, as is the way it's looking like it's going to shape up right now. Um, So it's going to be, man, I already said it, but this is fun. This is the fun time of the year. I can't wait to see what that final final playoff rankings will be so we can see who's going to be in that playoff bracket. But um, it, it's it's going to be fun to watch, and hopefully we can see another performance, you know, like we did last year from Clemson's where Justin Ross, Trevor Lawrence, and, and T. Higgins and that whole team just go out there. Travis Etienne, they just go out there and just throw up dominant performances. 
Yeah, exactly. I totally 1000% agree. And folks, listen, listen, we have not forgot about the tight end position, guys. We're going to talk about a tight end, which to be honest with you, I'm not going to lie to you, Stoops. I think Brevin Jordan would probably be like the one or two ranked tight end if he was able to come out this year because this guy's mm-hmm. good. I mean, do you agree with me there? Like, I think that he's no, really I, I agree. Yeah. I, he's just good. You know what I mean? And he's got a talent and, and, you know, he is hurt right now. He didn't play in the, the game against um, FIU where they lost, which was kind of embarrassing. But, you know, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Obviously, the tight end position is hard. It's a diamond in the rough. And to be honest with you, um, it's been very rough as a fantasy footballer this year watching the tight end position, even with Kittle. I mean, I think he went – I mean, Kittle, Kittle owners went two weeks without him. You know what I mean? He comes back this week, and obviously he's been dominated out there um, to die. I mean, he even had the 61-yard touchdown catch. But Brevin Jordan, man, I like this kid a lot. And as I dug further and further into his stats, I was, I'm was i a big-time fan and think that I don't just – like I really feel like, you know, 6'3", 245, he's a, he's a big man. He's a big – he's a grown man, as I like to say. I mean, and not just as he's a grown man. 6'3", 245 is a big dude, Stoops. Like – 63245 like he is averaging 14 yards a catch this year. That's that's pretty impressive for a big man. You know what I mean? Like he's got 35 catches, 495 yards and two touchdowns this year. His touchdowns are a little bit down. He had nine games exactly nine games last year not as a freshman, nine games as a sophomore. He only has three more catches than he did last year in the same nine games, but he's got well over 208 more yards than he did a year ago with just three more catches. Like I said, the 14 yards per catch is pretty impressive. He's got six catches. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's eight catches over 20 yards this year. That is insane, right there, insane. Okay, so let's factor that in as well. 16 of his 35 this year have gone for 14 or more. He leads the team in yards, yards per game, and he's second in catches. Um, and we're talking, again, we're talking about a tight end right now. Brevin Jordan is another level and and be able to watch him next year. And and think about this, dudes. I thought about this. Like the quarterback play has been kind of hit and miss this year for, mm-hmm. for Miami. If you saw this kid with a, a, a real quarterback, man, how good would this kid be? So, you know, I, I'm excited to see what he does next year. But right now, man, if I, I'm just, I'm ready for, I'm ready for next year. I'm ready to talk more about this kid. I could talk hours about him because he just has the big playability that is very lacking in the tight end position in the NFL right now. So that to me is a game changer on so many different levels. But um, if we get another year out of Brevin Jordan like we did this year, I think we're going to be talking about probably the number one tight end coming out of college football next year. I completely agree. And the number one note that I have on here, he's a mismatch nightmare. Oh, yes. He he just basically he, – he plays – they line him up as a receiver at times, not all the time obviously, but they line him up as a receiver – and he plays like a receiver, but he's he just it's he's so hard to take down, just like a tight end. Like he's got the the, the size to him. Um, he's not necessarily as tall as some other tight ends that we've seen out there, but nonetheless, with his athletic ability and what he can do on the field, he makes up for all of that at the tight end position. And like I said, 
mismatch nightmare, man. He, he's just – it's – you put him up against anybody and he can pretty much uh, just dominate that matchup. He reminded me of a lot of um, how Ole Miss used Dawson Knox last season. Um, it was very much used him all around the field, lined him up at receiver. He even had a single-digit number. Um, it was just a lot of that same type of, of similarities as far as the way he's used. And against Virginia Tech this year, receptions, 136 yards, and a touchdown. He had multiple other games where he had, you know, uh, he had 88 yards against Florida, um, 70, 73 yards against North Carolina, 70 against, you know, Central Michigan. But nonetheless, um, he's had some phenomenal games. And again, the tight end position in college is I hate to say it, but generally it's an all but forgotten position. You know, it's there for blocking. It's there for a pass here and there. Very few offenses around the the college landscape truly use a tight end. And he's one that you've got to use him. And Miami has been. Um, like you said, the QB play has been, been very hit and miss all season. They've gone between multiple quarterbacks. Um, I think they finally settled down on one of them, albeit it hasn't been great play. But what they've been able to do with Brevin Jordan um, – definitely definitely shows what he is capable of doing and and i would agree wholeheartedly if 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 we and i don't have a 2021 ranking per se lined up right now but i would be i I, i'm fairly certain i put him as my tight end one right now just what i've seen on film um watching some games of him and with how that miami team as a whole what he's been able to do just to me i he would be my tight end one right now um Love what I've seen. Love what I, I, I'm hoping to see and the potential from him. So it's definitely going to be fun to watch. And, man, he's just, like I said, mismatch nightmare. That's that's the biggest thing I can say about him. Exactly. And and I did forget you. I, I'm glad you mentioned that because you're right. There is some taller, you know, bigger guys in the tight end position. But, man, could you imagine being a linebacker or even a cornerback or, or even a say Like you're lining up against this massive man that can move the way he can. Like it's it's – it's just insane to think that this guy's going to line up on all sides of the football field and be able to do. And he's a very good blocker too. You know what I mean? He's a good. He's a good run blocker. He's a good pass blocker. So he is able to do both, um, which obviously elevates him because he's going to be on the football field a lot more snaps because he's able to stay in for the run game, stay in for the pass game. If he needs a pass block, he needs a run block. He's able to do both of those things, but not just that. He's able to get out there. And, and catch passes. I mean, 20 first downs on catches this year, that's insane. Insane. So, folks, that is the, those are the guys we talked about. I, I'm, I'm excited. Stoops and I talked about this a little bit off the air about how we're going to do another one of these. We've got some exciting things coming next week. We're going to start our player profiles. And what we're going to do is we're going to take 10, 15 minutes and we're going to dissect particular guys that are going to be coming out in the upcoming draft. We're going to talk about our, our our favorite guys, and then we're going to talk about our ideal landing spots for these guys and where we think they're going to be on that next level. So I'm really excited, and Stoops talked a little bit about how it's that time of the year, and it, it really is that time of the year for Stoops and I because it's not just time for the end of the season dwindling down, but we've got the bowl games, we've got the playoff, we've got We've got the Senior Bowl, we've got the Combine, we've got the Dre- You know, you've got the next couple months really kick it into high gear for us so that we're able to not just talk about these guys and what they're doing week to week, but we're talking about their draft status. 
And then of course the draft happens and then it kind of just trickles down from there. So it's very, very exciting uh, time to be a part of the Debbie Delight and listening to the Debbie Delight. So we thank everybody that tunes in and subscribes to the show. If you're listening for the first time, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button. Um, if you're on iTunes, give us that five-star review. We'd greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, go over and check out expandtheboxscore.com. Um, fantastic tool that we use on this show every week. Um, go on and follow them on Twitter at XTV Boxscore. They've got a lot of great ch- uh, shows, podcasts, and stuff like that that you can listen to on there. Follow my buddy Stoops on Twitter at Stoops1990. Give myself a follow at Ricky Valera underscore. And folks, until next time, we'll talk to you guys soon. See y'all later. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.